Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the next episode of Power Level. Joined by Crystal and Pariah. Guys, thank you for coming back. Uh, episode 1 was a mixed review, which kind of, sort of, you know, I understand. Because it's our first episode, and we were trying to get our intros out there, you know? That kind so, of sucked. Or... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> wow. We we took you guys' advice, and we are going to make sure our uh, next episodes are going to be better uh, going on. And we ignored one of the responses because Karen, you don't see me doing quotations in air here, <laughs> was Crystal's <laughs> wife. <coughs> Perfect. What? Why I have no idea. I, I mean, so we're gonna we're gonna go into the follow-ups with Priya. Priya, you want to take care of this? Yeah. Um, so just kind of some general housekeeping from the first episode. Um, topics that we had kind of delved into and discussed. Um, GameStop specifically. Uh, we talked a lot about you know their business model and how they weren't shutting down and how the business itself is kind of hurting quite a bit for pretty much any kind of sales. Um, since then, they have announced that they will be closing stores, and they have closed stores as of Sunday. Um, so that's a good thing, not just for, you know, to help the stop of spreading of this contagion, this bullshit that's going on right now, but also for the well-being of their employees and, you know, just general public. So... I'm glad that they finally uh, they finally snapped out of their their bullshit. So that's good. Um, oh yeah. well, with with the whole GameStop thing, I'm gonna cut you off there for just a moment. Mm -hmm. They did say that they were an essential store going <laughs> up going up to uh, the government saying no, you gotta shut down. Uh, in California, it was a complete shutdown, and then from there, it just uh, it was a domino okay. effect. So well, they and the completely, thing they're they're completely shut down. Other than a uh, curbside delivery, from what I understand, right. And the thing that kind of drives me nuts about that statement that they came out with is that they're an essential service because they sell mice and keyboard that can be, um, obviously used by people who are working from home, et cetera, in these hard times. I don't know a single person, um, who really thinks of GameStop when they're looking to buy a new mouse and keyboard? Mm, no, never. I don't I I don't think so, of anybody going in there buying a $150 keyboard just to do work. Right. Where you go over to I Walmart mean, and just grab a $10 keyboard does the exact same thing. Exactly. I mean that that so I mean their statement was full of all kinds of holes. Um I understand, you know, they're struggling in one. Well, so what I'm basically getting damn, to call yourself What I'm basically getting well. from this is that you have your four essential places that you can go to. So number 1, you go to work if you're an essential employee. Number 2, you can go to your healthcare appointments. Number 3, you can go get food. And number 4, you can go to GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean Yeah, that well. It is what it is. That's You're not seeing me, but I'm making hand gestures about that. I Okay. Whatever you say, GameStop. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Thankfully, it's in the past. We don't have to worry about it. But still, like, 
the cojones to say something like that is pretty, I mean, it's pretty fucking I think it's, it's less ballsy. Um, it's more desperation. I think they feel like that they're going to end up failing yeah. horribly because of this and they're, you know, closing up their stores is probably going to continue past this virus. Right. Well, and I mean, it's, it's just, there are so many small businesses who have, you know, spent the past several years trying to build up, you know, their clientele and actually make a profit, et cetera. And now they're being closed down because they're not deemed as essential businesses. And after all this, they don't know if they're even going to be able to be open right. anymore. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a major um, concern, but um, I mean, they were already going downhill anyway, which, you know, kind of speaks for itself. Which we had discussed last <laughs> Exactly. Time. So there you yeah. go. In the discussion. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next follow-up is the Konami shuts down the Silent Hill reboot with Kojima. Which, I I kind of saw that coming. I, I kind of knew that they weren't going to be good bedfellows on yeah, that Yeah, but at the same time, too, I feel like this would not be the time for them to be like, whoa, you guys are absolutely correct. We are working with Sony and Kojima, and we're going to do this. We're going to announce it right now because you guys exposed us. So there you go. Right. It's not something that they're just going to flat out. I'm I'm just going to keep talking like this the entire podcast. I kind of figured as this Kojima and Konami basically had bad blood. Bad blood after it was Metal Gear 5. They fired him. I think it was during development. Yeah, it was at the tail end of development. And from there, just nothing really wanted to work together. Yeah, which I mean, that's yeah, all and, I, and know. I mean that you know, obviously we went through that and everything, and 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 that's been you know in the past. But I think what I found interesting is, especially after we started talking about it in our last show, um, so there were rumors of Sony possibly rebooting it and bringing it back, which meant I don't know necessarily you know the details of it. If it meant that they were. Um, in communication with Konami or, you know, how this was going to happen. But, you know, the way that these people were presenting these rumors, it seemed kind of viable. And I don't know if, you know, maybe I was just reading into it because I would love for this to happen just like everyone else would. Because, I mean, it's easy to say that PT was, even despite the fact that it's a demo, is hands down one of the best horror games that we have ever experienced. Um, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know... Maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it is in some sort of form. But um, I just found it interesting how those rumors kind of appeared and the fact that Konami is like immediately jumping into it and saying no, even though the fact that these these rumors also stated that, you know, they could be in in the process of making two more Silent Hill games. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just speculation at this point, but it's just interesting how this news is kind of formulating and how the rumors are being released. So take it as you want to. Right. <laughs> Well, and I think it's I think it's kind of funny that they're just immediately shutting it down. They're not letting it build the hype that it could potentially build and have everyone be let mm-hmm. down. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I so, feel like if I yeah. if I were in Konami's shoes at this point, you know that the majority of people that play PT want this game, like desperately want this game. Why would you not at least? initiate some sort of conversation either with konami or not konami excuse me um kojima yeah or you know sony itself and figure out some way to i don't know work together i don't i don't know i mean it is i feel like i'm spouting bullshit at this point but i mean it's just 
<laughs> I want it. Okay, I want it. Continue. <laughs> I just want it to happen. <laughs> we understand, or at least I understand, because oh uh, man, it looked and it was going to be. It was going to so be good. amazing, but wow. I mean, you know, at the same time too, whatever he ends up developing horror-wise, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be just as good, if not better. So you know, there you go. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, and I mean that that kind of brings us into our next topic. Just what is up and coming. Um, within, you know, the next month. I mean, even the next week or so. the next year. Because, um, I mean, the next year. Oh, the next year. Oh, is, it it's it's going to be feels an like exciting a whole, year. Already feels like a whole damn year with, you know, three months of nothing but crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially within the last month. The last month has been really trying for a lot of people. Um, you know, we've, we've seen all this stuff evolving since... December, January, and it's just, it's snowballed into what it is now. And we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more uh, here in a little while because, I mean, it's obviously something that's prevalent. It's at the forefront of everyone's minds because it's affecting so many different people, Um, not just within gaming, but every walk of life, literally. Um, So, yeah, and we'll kind of touch on that here in a little bit. But on to some good news. What is going to be coming up in April? I mean, April itself for the release schedule looks really, really exciting. I mean, we've got so many cool titles that are coming out, titles that have been, you know, rumored. Well, they were rumored and then confirmed and just so much hype around them that it's exciting to see. Um, I mean, for me personally, Resident Evil 3, the remake of that coming out, excited as hell for that. Um, I've heard, downloaded the I, demo, but haven't played it yet. So yeah, I heard the demo was uh, actually really good. And with the uh, Resident Evil Three, you can go through knife only. That knife does not break. <laughs> yeah, thank God. It does oh, that not was a big break. Thing. So, so on Twitch, you're gonna see a lot of speed runs with knife only RE Three. So oh, I you know, love look that out from for that. RE7. That's gonna be that's gonna that's be gonna interesting. Be awesome. Yeah. Now, it is. Now everybody is honestly looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII oh, yeah. remake. Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. if you've played the demo, if you've ever played the original, if you've seen any of the coverage, the hype is well mm-hmm. deserved because the demo itself, whether you played it in classic mode or the new style that they've released, um, the normal mode, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a lot to take in and a lot to juggle at certain points during the battle, um, just trying to figure out, you know, what is Cloud going to be doing, what is Barrett going to be doing, and just trying to figure out the the new time mechanics with that and being able to move around. But it was also really nice and exciting. Um, kind of a weird way to, uh, to, like, compare it is when you went from Origins, Dragon Age Origins, into Dragon Age 2, which got shit on for good reason. Still the best game in the series. the <laughs> combat... Which one? Dragon yes. Age 2? I will really? fight that to my oh. grave. Anyway, I don't want... It, tangent. Oh, girl. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> that's... I mean, we could get into that, that at some point, but... That's a discussion for a later, <laughs> yeah, later date. I mean, I mean... There's okay the combat, but that's what I mean. The juxtaposition of the combat between Origins and Dragon Age Two is like the turn-based combat from a JRPG of the original Final Fantasy VII to the remake. How much more action-oriented mm-hmm. it is, that's the kind of feeling that I got from it, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I mean, we've we've also got a lot of other new things coming out for those who actually still 
play Fallout 76 for whatever reason. Um, the new Wastelanders oh, update. The, you know, the two or three people are listening <laughs> to this podcast. I mean, Other than that, I have no idea who else would want to play the damn there's, game. There's a few people that still play it, but the Wastelanders update is Good supposed to be you. coming out. Um, it's supposed to fix a lot of the things that have been broken since the game released. Like everything? Like the entire game. Um, so hopefully they actually live up to that and uh, it, it works out well. Um, you know deliver- that whole Anthem reboot? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to see. Okay, so that whole roadmap has been scrapped, but we'll talk about that at some point. Um there's so much to get into with Anthem. It's just a fucking mess. It was a mess ugh, when it first released. They're, they, they're, it was. And there it, are other it, games. It, okay, okay, okay. With Anthem, it was okay up until maybe halfway through the story. Then it got boring. <laughs> then you get to Endgame. There's no Endgame. <laughs> Absolutely no Endgame. And I'm sitting well, there like, I'm on level 24, and I'm like, I'm bored. I don't want to mm-hmm. play this anymore. Fuck right? it. Uninstall well, it. And there are so many games that are that have done what Anthem tried to do better. Like, for instance, Warframe. Warframe's a free-to-play game by Digital Extremes. It's been out for six mm-hmm. years now. And th- they have done what Anthem was supposed to do so much better than Anthem did. But, you know, it's free. I feel like, too, like, so, Anthem was kind of Bioware's response to Destiny. And I think that maybe it mm-hmm. was kind of a genre that they shouldn't have just jumped into i mean because you know for me at least when you think about bioware you think about mass effect you think about dragon age you think about these deep you know rpg storylines and to suddenly kind of divert away from that and then to jump into something where they were maybe just trying to to bring out some sort of a competitive piece it, it just felt kind of foreign well let's be honest the game was a filler game it got you to it, well, it got you from one major game to the next major game. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm being dead serious. Not all no, true. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry to say the game did not fill that mm. itch. But again, we're going, we're going way off track of the uh, April 2020 <laughs> game releases. I don't know why I brought up the anthem. I just wanted to bitch about it. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it's understandable. It's 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 one of those things that just kind of niggles in the back of our brains, and it just fucking every time we talk about it, we have PTSD flashbacks. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I see I see on this list the Fortnite Chapter Two Season Three, and I know a lot of people still play Fortnite. So I can't sit here and bash over it because I'm not a Fortnite player. I'm not going to sit here and shit all over your uh, favorite game. So I enjoyed the PVE. Like when Fortnite first got announced back in, I think, 2014, I was very excited for the game because it had nothing to do with what it does now. It was a completely different concept. Epic had all these great ideas Mm -hmm. for it. And when it finally... Um, came out, it, it was just this PvE experience where you and your buddies could build this badass base and do these missions, etc., etc. And then PUBG came out and the Battle Royale genre kind of took off. And Epic saw that and saw that it would be, you know, very well adapted within their their model that they had already built for the game, you know, building um, bases and just being able to run and gun as far as business decisions that was the perfect opportunity for them to do that yeah and i mean epic's not dumb 
they obviously know what they're doing and they've turned it into this massive, massive success, which can be memed and everything to hell, but you can't deny that it has been tremendous. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kudos to them for that. Um, again, it's just like Cowboy. It's not my kind of thing. I've gotten into it a few times, but it's just not. I enjoyed the PvE aspect of it. That was completely different. Just the base building, because that's my kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, there, there's other games coming out that are going to be completely and totally different from that. I mean, you've got um, Predator Hunting Grounds, which is coming out, which looks really mm -hmm. cool if you're a Predator fan or even an asymmetric shooter kind of fan. Because um, you can either play as the Predator or you can play as the Marines trying to escape the Predator. So I think that's a cool concept. Yeah. But there's, 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 a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of really cool things coming out. Um, Someday you'll return, deliver us, deliver us the moon. Those two, um, I'm really excited for those because, again, um, kind of a horror fan deliver us the moon came out on pc last year but um you know having it accessible to a wider audience with the ps4 and the xbox one um i think is really going to help it grow quite a bit because it, it was a good game mm -hmm. um and then of course we've got gears tactics coming out for pc which is going to be interesting it's probably going to be more like xcom if you guys ever played that um never played xcom game it's been a long time <laughs> so Right, it's been a minute, and I and I see something about Minecraft Dungeons, but there's yeah. no uh, date on it really. Yeah, and that's a lot of that's just because Mo Yang's having to work from home with all this bullshit going on, which is understandable. It's slowed down production with them, um, so I don't expect that to be released in April. It'd be nice, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm excited for it because I think it's a really cool premise. Um, to bring to Minecraft itself um, more of a Diablo-esque kind of dungeon crawler with Minecraft. I think it's, I, I don't know. I just like it. I'm kind of biased they, on that, though. Speaking of Diablo, I've been, like, enthralled with season <laughs> 20 of Diablo. I haven't even I'm touched like, it. Huh. I am just, I, I'm just blown through uh, riffs and everything. It's nice. It's been, it's been fun. Anyways, I want to touch on base of two two series that have been announced for the Switch. I know they're in May, and I know <laughs> we didn't really discuss this. The Bioshock series is going to be released on the Switch in May. Late oh, my May. wife's going to freak out. The Borderlands, the Borderlands series is going to be released in about late May as well. Two huge series you, 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 you gotta get them you gotta get them freaking out about like, it <laughs> if you've not played oh, them uh, and you uh, have a switch it's that, the perfect yeah, opportunity they're incredible yeah. games 100% yeah like I know they're in May but I wanted to touch base because those were really hot right now because they were uh, announced today today as in March 26 2020 <laughs> In other words, Cowboy is excited, and you should go buy them. I'm, I'm pretty excited, but here's the thing: I don't know if I'm going to be able to get them because, thank you, coronavirus. Then again, I am an essential worker. I'm in danger. <laughs> I, I'm in danger. That Ralph meme. Oh, I love it so much. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's going to be a good year for it. I mean, it's, everything else has been kind of a shit show thus far, but, you know, we've, within the past month, we've had um, Animal Crossing and Doom come out within the last week, really, and those have both been received with such praise, which I kind of knew they would be just because it's AC and Doom, um, but, you know, to see them succeed as much as they have in these troubling times is good. I mean, it still gives you a lot of hope for, you know, the future of, you know, the next couple of months or the next six months. Um, what, what's even going to happen? So, well, hopefully the, hopefully these games will pass the time while they're quarantined at home, which we are pleading you guys, please stay at home so we can stay healthy. Yes, please. That's a big thing. I I mean, I wanted, I wanted to throw that out there. I know, really shouldn't but well and it's wash your damn hands people well and it's not even that you shouldn't cowboy i mean there's there's a lot of people who aren't taking this as seriously as they probably should no it's not you know if you if you catch the coronavirus it's unless you're immunocompromised or you are elderly or you've got a terrible condition or whatever you more than likely won't die from it but that's not the point the point is that you could go 14 days without knowing that you have it, you're asymptomatic, and you spread it to, you know, the additional 10 people that you interact with because you're being irresponsible and not staying, you know, either distancing yourself or just going out and doing whatever the hell you want. As an exhausted healthcare worker, so, I agree with all of this. <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. don't be a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Don't be stupid, stupid. As Philip DeFranco says, do not be stupid, stupid. So, oh, oh, and I wanted to bring up one more thing before we move on to our next topic of the PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X. Switches are sold out, or almost sold out, which is huge because uh, I know I saw on this, yeah, right here, <laughs> the Nintendo Switch like Carl, but that's in the EU. But those are going to get sold out very fast because of this whole uh, pandemic that's going on. Because people are looking for a home console that can that they can take with them no matter mm-hmm. where they go. They so, also read somewhere that price prices could rise because of it. That's what mm-hmm. I heard too. No, yeah, game, game away. <laughs> game, game until your heart's content, please. All day, all night. If that, I mean, if, if, it, if that's what keeps you inside, fucking stay inside and just game until your fingers throb. It, just do whatever. If it passes the time, it passes mm-hmm. the time. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the PS5, the Xbox Series X, since we now have specs on which um, uh, console has what. Uh, Baden, you know more about the the hardware than myself and Crystal do. So if you want to take care of that, floor is yours. Okay, so I mean, the road to PS5 uh, happened about a week and a half ago now. Um, if you guys saw that, you probably were watching it and uh, just kind of falling asleep halfway through because Cerny was going into all of the actual specifications, and you know it was more of a GDC uh, game developer conference kind of presentation. That's what it was meant to be mm-hmm. for. So, I mean, if anybody went to it expecting to see all these new releases of games and everything, obviously they were going to be disappointed. But it was very exciting to see, you know, how much these two um, stack up 
between one another. I mean, AMD has been in close contact and working with both Sony and Microsoft over the past few years to help them develop the new architecture for their new systems. Um, both of them using a new, uh, the Zen 2 processor with eight cores. Um, they're both about the same frequency, but the big difference comes in with the, um, the actual way that the frequencies are handled. So if, for instance, the X block, the Xbox, <laughs> wow, the X, <laughs> the Xbox, <laughs> the Xbox is just use, utilizing the one single core. It'll be at a 3.8 gigahertz. And then if it's doing multi-core, I think it's 3.22, um, which is, it's still really good um, comparatively to the, like the Xbox one or any of that. Um, and then the PS5 is going to be running at a variable frequency, 3.5 gigahertz. And basically what that means is it's going to be receiving consistent power across the board, but the frequency will adjust depending on what you need to do with the game. And if you're a PC gamer, you know all about that. You know about boost frequencies and how much those can actually help, um, not just increase the, you know, the productivity of your computer, but help with gaming as well, which is great. Um, as far as both of them price point, we really don't know much about that yet, um, which we kind of touched on last time, and that's you know a discussion. I think for... Crystal said something uh, before we started the podcast. That she said that uh, she might know more about the pricing than we would. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? No, Crystal? absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I swear yeah, that you said, well, I, I know a little bit about the pricing and how much it costs because they're not going to delay this. Uh, I do not have going... those kind of contacts, Cowboy. I don't know where you're hearing that. I am not that powerful. <laughs> I do hey. feel like, though, that after you know seeing the video and learning the specs and being able to compare... Um, and, and honestly, just coming from, you know, my own opinion and the way that I look at it, I don't really know much about the specs because I'm, I'm not that technologically inclined. Um, but, you know, just looking at them both side by side, it's obvious that the Xbox is, you know, possibly slightly more powerful, whereas the PS5 is probably going to be just a little bit more faster. Um, you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just... Don't worry, RTX will be on. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll talk about all that here in just a moment because that's something that I really wanted to dive into and something that Cerny really made a point to drive home while he was discussing everything. And it's something that is, um, you know, as a PC gamer, it's very true. It's something that I've seen several times. So specifically with the GPU, um, you know, Microsoft has been touting that they're going to have this 12 teraflop uh, AMD, again, RDNA 2 architecture, but the way that it's set up is vastly different from the way that the PS5 is set up. So the PS5 right now is touting 10.28 teraflops, um, but it's and it's the same architecture, our DNA 2 but the way that it's achieved is very, very different. So with the um, GPU on the Series X, you've got 52 compute units, which you can think of as individual cores like you would on a CPU. Each one of those is running at 1.8 gigahertz. With the PS5, you've got 36 compute units, but they're only they're running at 2.23 gigahertz variable frequency, just like their CPU is. So they can boost that if they need to, 
Um, but the way that the throughput handle is handled is a lot more efficient being on 36 cores running at a higher frequency than it would be at 52 cores running at a lower frequency. And that's just from personal experience. Um, getting into you know the specs and stuff because i all everything that you just said i i didn't understand any of it <laughs> you just said all i heard was like uh. all i heard was flops and flops but what flops. i am curious about he said flops. what i am curious about to pariah specifically um not even thinking about you know what the future prices might be or what games are going to be released going just by the specs have you already decided what you might prefer as far as which console. If I had to pick... Oh. (laughs) I'm just going to say, if I had to pick a console, it will probably be the PS5 because I'm I'm a a PlayStation fanboy. I've never owned an Xbox in my life. Um, but, But I own a PC. I don't really need a console be honest well yeah but i mean like coming from you know especially someone like pariah who's who's into the specs who understands it you know obviously better than i do you know as someone coming in who you know maybe a little bit more pc inclined like is there a specific console that kind of jumps out at you a little bit more at this point or is it still just completely undecided all right good talk I think that was, I think that question was towards Baden, but Baden's just not there right now. Yeah, his mic is blowing up. So we can move on to the next. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, um, again, I think the PS Five is going to be the one if I were to choose one. But uh, I did read in that article that. Microsoft does not want to make the same mistake that they made the first time in pricing the Xbox at a $100 higher price. Because that's how they got killed mm-hmm. the first time. But Emma. And they don't want to make that same mistake again, which I don't yeah, blame I'm them. also wondering, too, though, like if the Xbox is technically more powerful as far as your specs go, um, you know, it, are they going to be able to use that as kind of a way to put a premium price on their console compared to the PS5? I mean, you know, specifically speaking, like, they're going to be releasing the Xbox Series X, and then they're going to have whatever Project Lockhart is, which is going to be, you know, something that's a little bit more cheaper, so that kind of gives them a little bit more breathing room in a way, you know? Yeah, but people want to have the first edition. And I I wouldn't blame them, because... If you get the first edition, you could uh, gloat and say, hey, I got the new console before anybody else did, and I'm not waiting for this light version to come out. Baden, are you there? (laughs) Is that... I think Still for me, no. though, like, moving into, because, you know, obviously I can't really interject on the specs, um, but talking about, you know, coming as a general consumer, I think that instead of how powerful each console is, I think it's going to lie most mostly on like the price points and you know the obviously the games that each console is going to mm. offer, but more importantly to me, I think it's going to be backwards compatibility. Did I hear Baden just now? Holy I cow. I, I have no did idea I... what even happened there. 
So, at Discord was being a real bitch there for a moment. Um. Gosh, we, should, should we just go back wow. to the question that I asked, and then we'll just, like, wrap it up and then, like, come into what we were talking about? Because you just, like, yeah. you died. Are you okay? Yeah, All I right. literally died. I heard, Cowboy, you were talking about how PS5 was your preference, and then I started talking. Um, I have recording of it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. So, yeah, um, yeah, so to kind of pick up, um, where we left off, the, as of right now, it is a very open mm-hmm. playing field for both, both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X have their, you know, their, their drawbacks and their obvious pros, um, but for me personally, the PS5 is winning for a couple of different reasons. A, um, their external sword solutions are a lot more flexible than the Xbox Series X um, because you can actually install a third-party M2 Mm -hmm. uh, NVMe drive, whereas with the Xbox Series X, you have to buy a proprietary drive. Um, The second is the fact that they are devoting a lot more to sound. For me personally, that is something that I very much so appreciate. Um, As somebody who loved the sound from like the PlayStation 3 is they were talking about um i i love to be immersed in a game via sound it can look like total dog shit but if the sound is good then it brings you so much more into that experience because you can feel it in your brain balls <laughs> and it's just it's it's so nice um and then the just the more stable statistics statistics mm-hmm. across the board with them um because I mean, their their RAM is all clocked at the same. I think four hundred and sixty eight um, th- across the board. Whereas with the Xbox Series X, it's variable. Um, Ten gigs is at a lower frequency, and then six is at a higher. So it's going to be bottlenecked by that lower frequency. Um, they both have a lot of really good features, like the four K HD uh, or Ultra HD, I guess. Um, Ray tracing is obviously a thing for both of them. Um, Backwards compatibility, we know that's going to be a thing for both, but how is it handled? That's still yet to be seen. We know that, you know, with a lot of it with the PS5, um, just based off their conference, a lot of it was uh, um, thought about from the beginning. So it's built into the chip itself, similar to how it was with the uh, PS3 back in the day. It's not having to be emulated, which is nice. Um, And the same goes for the Xbox, I guarantee it. Like, that's something that they've had in their mind the entire time. But, again, how is it going to be handled? Um, How is it going to be supported? Yet to be seen. Um, I mean, we've not even really seen a full picture of Mm -hmm. the PS5 yet. We've seen, you know, all these reference images and uh, everything like that, and it's not really giving us a good idea of what it could be. So... Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for the PS5 just because it's it. I've always been a Sony guy, um, and a lot of it is a lot more customizable than the Series X. But again, I'm mm-hmm. kind of biased in that regard. They could prove me wrong and shit all over Sony, just like they did with the uh, the 360 versus the PS3. But I mean, I'm just we'll I'm see. just gonna say right now, we'll I see. didn't understand anything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh goodness! Well, it's, all in all, all in all, he prefers the PS5 <laughs> or the Xbox Series X. Exactly. I mean, that's basically, it. if if you look at the numbers, 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at the raw numbers that they're putting out there, especially for like transfer speeds with their loading and unloading of data, which is how textures are brought in, how models are brought in, how a game is loaded. Um, the PS5 right now has the clear, mm-hmm. unadulterated advantage. They are 2.5 faster than fucking Series X's compressed data. Uncompressed data at over 5 gigabits per second is fucking retarded like it's 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 like the 500 and 500 that i gave out last episode was like yeah okay cool no (laughs) nope i wouldn't have used that kind of gamer word but sure (laughs) it's i mean that's it's stupid i understand i mean you know the specs are important and stuff like and and i know that you know a little bit more about that than i do so it's definitely something that i'm not going to dive into just because i my brain would explode (laughs) um but yeah but just coming from like a general consumer because you, you have to understand like if you're not a hardcore gamer and you don't i mean as I, I don't like saying that because I would like to think that I am a hardcore gamer, but I don't necessarily understand, you know, all the technological lingo that you do. But you like you like video games. You just don't get into the technical exactly, hardware exactly. aspects of it. That's basically you, it. You don't you don't like the you don't get not that you don't like, but you don't get into the development side as much as it I do. It hurts. Right. Um, but just coming in as, as a consumer, um, because, you know, for me too, I've always been a PlayStation fan. Um, and, and I feel like going into this, I still am. Um, but I think for me is like I, I was saying earlier when you unexpectedly died, Pariah, um, it's, it's all going <laughs> to kind of lie on the price and for me especially the backwards compatibility because you know um for the presentation it was said that the backwards compatibility was going to be available for a, a lot of the ps4 titles which you know is always nice uh, but i feel like more can be done i mean i don't know that from a technological standpoint i do think that you know say you know the, the ps5 comes out and it can play all of the ps4 titles um you know, 100%, no problem whatsoever. But then the Xbox comes out and it can play titles from the Xbox One or the 360 or even, you know, the original. Like, I, I don't necessarily know for sure what to expect as far as that goes, but that could be what pulls me over to the other side. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's a great point, um, especially for Microsoft, because a lot of their architecture from the original Xbox up till now has been very, very loosely based on general PC architecture. It's been based on x86 architecture. So, I mean, they've had that advantage from the very beginning of being able to, you know, program on the new chip what they could do on the old chip just a lot more efficiently or even emulate or adapt it whereas with sony especially with the playstation 3 their processor was their cell processing unit was so proprietary and so like just known for being a bad or not bad but difficult chip to program games for that it's it's barely even made it to an emulation Mm -hmm. stage at this point like 10 years, 15 years after it was released, it's barely made it to a state where it can be emulated 
um, reliably on a PC that is, you know, a million times more powerful than the PlayStation 3 would be just because of the hurdles that you've got to jump over and figure out when trying to, you know, communicate and um, translate the language from X chip to Y chip. It's just, it's such a huge difference. And that's why, especially like the PlayStation 3, the main reason that they had um, backwards compatibility on the PS3 in the very beginning was because they actually included the PS2 hardware in certain units of the PS3. So it both had the PS3 hardware and a PS2 hardware in the same exact machine. So it could play PS2 games, it could play PS1 games, all those things were right there. But once they upgraded and they brought out like the slim version, etc., a lot of that ended up having having to be emulated or even done through uh, completely different means to where they ended up selling the games. So you couldn't bring out you couldn't just bring out your old discs that you had, plug them in, and just play the game off the go. You had to actually purchase it once again right. through and the PS Store. I feel like too though, so, like you always we always focus on the fact that you can come out with a premium console. And then come out with you know something that's slightly mm-hmm. cheaper that doesn't necessarily offer the same stuff that your your premium console offers. Uh, what happens? I mean, like just as a what if, because you know obviously I can't get into you know the specs and whether or not it would work. But um, what if? I think I just went off for a second. What if we could um, go in the reverse and start? You know, no, releasing, like, you have your premium consoles that comes out, you have your slim consoles that offers a little bit less. What about, you know, something above that to where you can offer more and pay more money for and it offers more features like that super extended backwards compatibility? Or right. like they did with the PS4 right. Pro. So, I mean, it kind of... I mean, they, they have so many avenues that they can necessarily take with it, so it's, it's, it's something that I, I would... I would be willing to pay more for a console that could do a shit ton, you know, compared to, you know, we can play, you know, PS4 games on the PS5 and, and that's it, you know? So it's, it's just something that I want to think about. Well, well, and it, it, it's a really good point to bring up, but I think a lot of it really boils down to how the manufacturer and the developers are utilizing the hardware and how they're seeing it can be um you know manipulated right. to certain extents like they don't know that it can do x y and z until later on in its life because they haven't unlocked x potential like they know what it's supposed to do but how do they get it to that point? Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I don't story. understand that part of it. It just as someone that likes to dive into the what ifs in, in this scenario, it's it's interesting to me. Like, you know, if one console came out and said, we can play games from, you know, the PS5 all the way down to the original PlayStation, that would be an insta-buy for me. So, I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, no, and it's... Yeah, so I, I feel I like, you know, specs well. aside, you know, I wouldn't care about any of that and, you know, not necessarily even care mu- as much about the price point if it, you know, it included all of that. But that's a wish. That is a wish. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a want, not a <laughs> But anyway, need. I think oh. we've uh, covered most of what we want to cover for our consoles. Cowboy, do you have anything else to interject? <laughs> Nope, but I'm going to lead us into our next Absolutely. segment. Absolutely, it is okay all yours. You. Yeah, of course. All right. 
with the uh, coronavirus running rampant, it's shutting down a whole bunch of events of esports. Um, how's esports thriving due to the cancellation of uh, of this virus? And what other avenues of are are they taking? Like, what are they doing? Um, all I know is with COD, Overwatch, LOL, they're going to <laughs> oh, going to an online uh, format to allow fans to actually see what they are doing in tournament play instead of fans showing up yeah. in a building. Which, honestly, it sucks that this whole virus has, like, shut down a whole bunch of, um, a whole, whole bunch of, uh, help me here. (laughs) Events? Uh, Not events, but, um, um, venues. That's what I wanted to say. Um, it's just shut down venues to where, uh, fans want, the, the, uh, fans want to connect with the, um, the, the, uh, the pros Mm. and watch them play in person. It, it, it's oh, I I don't know where to go f- with this because there's just so much to talk about. We don't have like, very I think much ultimately time. It just, you know, obviously when this started happening and events were being canceled and postponed, like it it hurts it hurts the public venues because you know they're having to refund tickets. You know, uh, pro players are having to be refunded. You know, travel expenses. Um, you know, we, not many people even think about the general land centers that are being affected by this because they rely on the physical presence of people playing games. But when you get into the details, you know, this is where esports kind of thrives. I mean, we're used to being on an online platform and it's something that is starting to be noticed by the entertainment industry as a whole, especially where... You know, you have your sports that are being canceled, you have your TV shows that are being delayed, as well as movie releases. Like, the rest of what most people rely on is effectively being shut down, and the only thing that's remaining and the the only thing that's enduring right now are esports. And what's the cool thing about the esports? And uh, you said something about TV shows, movies, sports. Sports is what really got me. I'm seeing more and more pro athletes, like <laughs> athletic, athletic, athletic pros. I can't talk. I have the bad case of the English. Anyways, I I'm caught the more, dumb. Right. Um, I'm seeing a lot more pro athletes actually playing their their sport and playing it on Twitch or on Facebook or on YouTube, and their teams. Like um, I have a whole te- like a whole list of Major League Baseball teams on my tweeting. It's basically a tweet deck, and there are players who are playing games, and their teams are tweeting out and trying to try to get um, fans to go talk to this one pro player mm-hmm. who is playing a video game. Which is cool, because if you think about it, that gives a lot of fans a lot more access to those players that they, you know, idolize and look up to and really would love to have that kind of communication with, that kind of relationship with, that is now being able to be 
built. <laughs> and it's such a weird is, thing to think about. at the same about. time, too, it's really amazing because I think they're really starting to recognize the value that the esports gaming side kind of offers that they yeah they don't they can't necessarily exactly. offer that you know in their traditional leagues which you know obviously you know if someone's playing baseball they're not going to be able to sit there and talk to a fan that's asking questions on the sideline but it, you know it, and in this case it kind of it introduces a little bit more of a, a personal intimacy that's that's always lacking from traditional sports leagues and i think that they're I, I, I'm wondering how this is going to affect the way that they go about um, advertising themselves, uh, interacting with fans and stuff after this virus clears up and things kind of reach a sense of normalcy. Um, I mean, I don't know. And I think mm-hmm. that either way, the impact that esports and that um, video game content and streaming platforms have made during this crisis it's going to have a lasting effect on the entertainment industry as a whole. Very. And if it doesn't, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. And very and, disappointed and, as yeah, well. Yeah, sorry, keep going. Because it... No, it's okay. I was going to just say that it's it's humanized a lot of these superhuman mm-hmm. thought-to-be people and brought and them down to earth. I think they've realized, too, just how flexible our platforms are compared to, you know, you know, obviously, because they're canceling and we're, you know, reaching record levels of viewership and people are playing more games now. Like, this is, this is our time to shine, which I would hate to say, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, but, I mean, it really is. <laughs> I mean, it is, though, from oh, a business God. aspect. You, you can see the numbers, how they've risen, and... Sorry, go ahead. It 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 brings no, it brings in more eyeballs into what we do, what what we um, what we show on the internet, like our podcast on Twitch. You say if I want to go stream, there's gonna be a lot more eyeballs on me or other uh, streamers mm-hmm. because and, I mean, their just recently sports I was on, on a podcast called This Is Esports with Brent Collins who asked me the question, you know, how how can these non-endemic brands enter into the space now that they've kind of recognized, you know, how valuable it is um, in general? And I think that all kind of rests on content creators. I think that's the way that these brands are going to start thriving in this space. And I think they're starting to really recognize that. Um, so, I mean, you, you have like your top figures like Ninja, for example, who's pulled in a shit ton of non-endemic brands, who's, you know, making cameos in movies, who's on TV shows, who's, you know, kind of going outside of what we have as our um, gaming bubble. So I think that that's going to change the way that these sponsorships and partnerships kind of occur, which is super, it's a huge deal for anyone in, in esports and gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's kind of funny because they're you know gaming has been looked down on for so many years, and it's it's really started to within like the last twenty years, um, which is fucking weird to say. Oh my god, um, within the last twenty years, it's it's become a lot more accepted, and now seeing it take over as much as it's been able to, and it, and not really even take over. It's just Live actually in the past. The... It's been the past ten years. 
It was even yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> ha ha, you can play video games, you're a dork. Exactly. <laughs> you must live in and your now, mother's basement. Oh, fucking and nerd. Now, and now they're on Facebook or uh, Twitter saying, yo, don't you play video games? Don't you do this thing on Twitch? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But, it's like, yeah, yeah I was here um, before it was cool. <laughs> basically, and now the pros are coming in from all these um, these sports like baseball Football, <laughs> soccer, football. Let's not. I I I don't want to piss off our. It, de- it depends on what country you're from, whether you're playing right. football or soccer or whatever ba- it might you be. You got basketball, hockey. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah, they, all these pros are coming and they're showing off what they have. Just a final report. There's a video game counterpart for every single sport I, that is played. Yes. Thank you for finishing my thought because I I got you. I, I, got you. I ran out of breath. <laughs> at the at this point it's like, oh man, there's so much. Like, oh, we could jump in so hard, but I mean, it's just there's there's really only so much that you can cover with the topic that's not mm-hmm. already been said and not really thought about. So, I mean, it's it's just one of the things where it's 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 exciting to see the thing that we all love and that we all have grown up with and we all are passionate about and want to, you know, push harder, further and further into, you know, not just our lives, but the people around us so that mm-hmm. they can enjoy it just as much as we do to see why we love those things, those experiences, seeing that really take hold of the general public in a time like this, a time of crisis where people are just fucking losing their jobs like I have, that just, it's fucking... Yeah, and it's it, a perfect it's, time. It's incredible. It's a perfect time for education, really too. Is. I mean, I, there are people that are approaching me about, you know, information about video games who haven't touched a controller since the 80s, and it's it's a huge deal because this mm-hmm. is the, the absolute perfect time to bring these people in and inform them. So, I mean, if you have someone that comes to you that starts talking about video games and wants to know more about them, tell them. Yeah, Honestly, in, uh, you brought up the whole uh, education thing. You can basically live stream like these educational mm-hmm. video games on Twitch. Oh my God. And you, <laughs> and you, you can guys... have kids sit there and, learn uh their math their science and basically oh. everything okay so i gotta i gotta break in here for a minute because i saw this oh. earlier today and i almost shit my pants okay so oh. since we're coming from an educational background from what i just worked as um there was a teacher in california a seventh grade ge- uh, math teacher who taught his geometry class through nice. half-life oh, I, did. I saw that it was incredible oh it was such a good lesson oh but yeah, I mean, that kind of thing right there, being adaptable and being able to bring it to your everyday life and not just entertain people with it, but teach them with it, it is. is is tremendous. So, I mean, if you've got the opportunity, if, you know, somebody asks you, inform them. Just be passionate about mm-hmm. what you're passionate about, period. End of story. Like, love what you love. And on that... I mean, that's all I got to say about it. Uh, Lord knows that we love what we do here, because if we didn't, then <laughs> this, this wouldn't have made to episode one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but I want to I want to touch base real quick on some of the stuff 
like razor donating surgical masks. Oh. Um, Nvidia PC gamers are studying the virus. And then I see another thing on our document, which is in front of us as we speak, that uh, FaZe has raised $50,000 for the people affected by this coronavirus, yeah. Yeah, which that is was incredible. I mean, they, I guarantee FaZe has probably raised more than that at this point, but the fact that oh, yeah. you know, Razer has taken a lot of their manufacturing, well, not a lot of them, but they've taken some of their manufacturing lines and they've taken those to producing surgical masks is amazing. Um, with the NVIDIA thing kind of touching on that folding at home, which is what it's called has been a thing since the PS three era. I'm very happy to see that they're bringing it back now because it's protein folding. It's how we make cures. That's how we develop a lot of what we do now, which is incredible. I'm loving that coming back. And again, $50,000, even, even if it's only $50,000, <laughs> I say only, I don't have that. Um, that's incredible. Like it, it is phenomenal seeing $50,000. Like you said, it could be more. And I know people on Twitch are raising a lot more money mm-hmm. for this, um, coronavirus. uh, to research it or to give to the uh, families that are deserving of this um, donation. Who need it, period. And people are saying that um, video games are just nothing but violence. Do nothing for your life. I think they're getting a good taste of how this community can come together when things go wrong. What? Right. What we've been doing has been showing the world that we actually give at absolute crap about what's going on in the world and we're raising money to help those victims or those um the, the patients mm-hmm. of the coronavirus exactly and it's not just we're not just this community that is all introverted and only think about ourselves yes a lot of us have social anxiety you know why that is because we get ticked on a lot because you fuckheads all right <laughs> but but I mean, it's it's something that has been, you know, embraced a lot more, and not just that, but kind of on another topic. Have you guys been on Facebook recently with all the live concerts? I know. How incredible is that? Yeah. To see I all have. these people coming out of their shells who would have never sung out in the open, who are doing it now. <laughs> like that's so cool. <laughs> it's so, so cool. On that note, all of us oh. at Power Level want to say thank you for being awesome human beings. Thank you so much, and thank you for being with us stay during on, these troubling safe. times. <laughs> all right, I will wrap this up then. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, chill of all ages, thank you for listening to episode two of Power Level. If you're listening to this during this pandemic, please stay safe, wash your hands, stay inside. Play video games. Help the esports community out. We really appreciate it. From the bottom of my hearts, we thank you. Aww. Have a good one.